my name is Neil Burmester and welcome to Discover Talks, monthly discussions with thinkers, makers, owners and shakers, how they overcame the hurdles and how they found the wins in pursuit of bringing their ideas to life. How you doing, Ian? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. How are you doing today? Yeah, very, very good. And thank you again uh, for, for joining up. I can't believe that we can, you know, I messaged you yesterday and you just jumped yes. on and you were so willing to to just connect with um, a random stranger across the world, um, but a fellow runner. But thank you again yeah. so much for, for being able to join up. How are you doing today? You, you, is it, it's your nighttime, isn't it? Yeah, it's evening here. Uh, and uh, thanks for the introduction. And uh, it's a pleasure to, to be chatting. I always enjoy um, these kinds of, uh, you know, podcasts or interviews because I usually end up learning more then, then I, you know, then uh, just talking about myself is it's not really that interesting for a lot of people. But usually, like I pick up a lot and, and gain a lot more from the conversation. So I appreciate uh, you using your time to have a chat. It's really cool. Man, likewise. Uh, so, for anyone who doesn't know, Ian. This is the first time I'm meeting Ian. We met through, you know, Instagram and uh, obviously been following Ian for quite a while. Um, he's, an, he's an ultra runner. And by the sounds of it, if you can pick it up, he's originally from New Zealand. Is that correct? That's correct. Yeah, originally from New Zealand. Uh, it's, yeah. it's lost some of the Kiwi accent, I uh, must admit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's still there. Yeah, cool. And tell us a little bit about um, how did you get into ultra running? You know, have you been doing it all your life? Uh, have you been you know, even if it wasn't ultra, was it another exercise? What brought you to, uh, you know, just give us a little bit about who you are. Who, who is Ian Morgan? Give us the background. Wow. Well, that's that's a long, complex answer, but we'll, we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll cut it down. We'll chip uh, away. I've got all day. Let's summarize, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, in regards to the ultra running, it's really something I've only started to pursue in the last few years. I've been running now for about um seven seven to eight years i suppose it will be approximate 2022 yeah about eight years let's say um and the first few years was like uh hobby jogging more than running i guess um but ultra running is is something that i i grew into from um initially starting to run on the road um then hitting the trails within sort of like three years of that and then just uh, finding a real passion for the outdoors, uh, a passion that really started when I was a kid. I used to do a lot of hiking, uh, a bit of hunting, that kind of stuff, uh, growing up in the South Island of New Zealand uh, in a city called Christchurch, which is in sort of in about the middle of the South Island of New Zealand on the coast, near the mountains, near the forests. Uh, so yeah, the passion for the outdoors was there from a kid. I grew up sort of like on the outskirts next to the, the hills and, and there were horses in the, you know, the field behind us. Mm. Um, so yeah, there was always an interest in the outdoors, but the running side of it, uh, didn't really kick in until my mid forties and yeah, uh-huh. like I said, started running and then the ultra running passion sort of grew after getting back into the, the hills again, I guess. Wow. So you found running, I guess, like you say, like during your forties. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty late wow. for most people. Uh, yeah. 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 That, that's incredible. So did you, you know, I've been running for quite a while since I was about 17 and um, it came from a similar thing. Mine actually was born most out of boredom. We grew up in a little bit of a rural town and we had this like snaking path around our townhood. And 
I used to just go out and just run and I had no idea what I was doing, but there was that, that sense of isolation and self-solidarity almost where you can, you can just lock into your own thoughts and, and um, really get into a rhythm there. Uh, but that was when I was 17. So, you know, most 17, most 17 year olds should be able to go out and run. They're pretty elastic, but uh, the feedback that I've, you know, re- received over the years is running isn't good for you from so many different people because it's such a high impact sport. Yeah. It's such a high impact um, activity. And I've always, you know, gone, take it with a grain of salt, learn what you're doing, take care of your body. What was the, what was the kind of reception that you received as a 40 something year old getting into running? Was that, that learning curve, <laughs> that learning curve would have been so steep. Was was steep. Um, I, I like that term, self solidarity. I like that. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna caption that and use it in one of my posts. Thanks for that. Fantastic. <laughs> I don't, well, if no one's in there with you, then you've got to have yourself, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I, I've never, you know, that's there's lots of different ways of expressing it, but I like that term. It's um, yeah, I'm gonna use that. Great. Oh, fantastic. So I, I knew I learned something from chatting with you. Uh, there we go. Um, We're done. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's a, a little jam of knowledge or wisdom there. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, that's interesting. In my mid-40s, oh, let, let's put it in context. At the time I started to run, I was about 100 and, I don't know, 102, 103 kilos. Uh, I did sort of get wow. up to closer to 110, but I'd, I'd yeah. lost a little bit. So, yeah, um, Man, did I hear it all? You know, running's bad for your knees, running's bad for your mm-hmm. hips, running's basically just bad for you. Uh, only yeah. young people do it. It's only for yeah. athletes. It's you know, mm-hmm. da 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 da. All the yeah, all the stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that was a lot more to do with the the you know the group of people that I was spending most of my time with. A lot of them weren't into running or uh, any kind of. Um, outdoor sports or activities uh, mm. in, in the area I was in. I was in like property investment at that time. So it, it wasn't what I would call a, um, a sporty culture, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. I think there was a lot more drinking and parties and golf and deal-making going on than, than yeah, um, right. running. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there was a lot of resistance, but also I think if I look back, you know, 43, 45 years of life experience, mm-hmm taught me that um, if you're going to do something, it's, it's a process and it's to get started and, and to just keep moving forward, keep getting up, keep putting in the work and, and um, learning as you go. And when you're passionate about something, the learning curve is steep, but because you're passionate about it, you enjoy it. You, mm. you enjoy the process. Um, mm. And I'm not saying I enjoyed every part of the process. There was probably a, a fair bit of, um, suffering oh, i wouldn't say suffering but discomfort um yep. and yeah the first six months to a year uh was probably the steepest part of the learning curve i was injured a lot and and struggled yep. many times but um yeah once you get over that it, it's wow. it's it's uh easier it gets easier yeah in that sense uh, that's super cool oh man so we're in we're in christchurch you're running you're getting injured in the first year or so. Let's just fast forward, yeah. not too far. You're now where? Whereabouts are you? Uh, currently in Santiago, Chile, next to the Andes Mountains, sort of just on the okay. edge of the city. So if I know so my geography at all, you're yeah. on the other end of the world. <laughs> yeah, so, so you're in the across um, now. <laughs> about sort of about the middle of South America on the Pacific coast. So 
if I actually look straight out across the ocean, I'm kind of like looking at Auckland or probably what about Sydney in Australia. Yeah, uh, nice. in a so direct line. We're looking at each other then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Just as about I think ten thousand kilometers between us, twelve thousand kilometers, something like this. Yeah. A couple ultra no. runs, right? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and if I look out the window here, about twenty about ten kilometers that way. No, even less, actually, about five kilometers that way, there's the Andes mm. Mountains. And wow. the ones I can see, well, they're in cloud at the moment because it looks like the thunderstorm. Mm. Ones I can see there about up to about five and a half thousand meters high. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Well, so pretty cool. what brought you there? Why are you there? Wow. <laughs> well, that's another <laughs> long story. Um, but my, my uh, partner, my, well, I should say my uh, wife, Fran, she is uh, Chilena, Chilean and Spanish. Mm-hmm. And we spend the summer season in um, Europe, racing and training. And we live in, in Spain at the moment. And oh, wow. we come here in Chile for the summer here for mm-hmm. about three months, I think. Uh, we're going to be here uh, training in the Andes. Francis, her family. Um, and, yeah, just enjoy the summer here. And then it's back to the European race season in March. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing here yeah, at the wow. moment. Wow. And and what brought you from, what was the, the pivotal point in your life that took you from, I'm in New Zealand, I'm running around, I'm learning, I'm losing some weight and getting fit to now cha- cr- uh, traveling across the world and relocating your life? What what happened? Well, we had a number of, uh, a series of events, I guess. We had the earthquakes in New Zealand, 2010, 2011. Yes. I lost my house. Uh, I lost a few houses oh, hey. actually over the time. Like I said, I was in property investment um, spent a couple of three years uh, to, yeah, almost three years, two and a half years in court fighting for various insurance wow. things and claims. It was extremely stressful. Uh, I was really unhappy. I, we had to um, change houses a couple of times. Um, the, you know, it was a, a lot of pressure um, and stress, and I, that's when I decided to start to run. Um, so I started to run. One thing led to another, um, sort of within a few years of that uh, process starting. Um, I then, I'd, I'd probably been running a couple of years. Then I would collapse in a race, uh, went and had some surgery. They found I had genetic uh, cardiovascular disease. Uh, so, um, yeah, they did the angio on my heart. And then I thought, man, like, you know, none of us know when our moment is or what's going to happen. Mm. Mm. So I thought I'm going to commit to doing the things I love in my life, the things I'm passionate about. It's not going to be held back anymore by the like, well, maybe I should or I'll wait till next year or when I'm fit enough, when I have enough of resources, when I'm strong enough, when I'm whatever. I say, now I'm just going to do, I'm going to see something, I'm going to do it. And that's it. Wow. And and I'll find the resources. I'll, I'll figure out the, the process as I go along and how to do it. And wow. I think once you lose that fear of, failing, making mistakes, getting it wrong, and just start to do it, It's life becomes a lot more free. So I basically sold everything in New Zealand, uh, got rid of the houses, uh, my cars, uh, my mountain bike, my kayaks, um, big screen TVs, whatever, um, and ended up with basically I think about three suitcases. Um, nice. Uh, and that's it. And I thought I'm off to see the world. And wow, that's awesome. Went. Yeah, and, and, and uh, did you have a plan, or did you were you just you were just no, uh, a vagabond? No plan. <laughs> no way. No plan. Um, I actually went over to 
how I ended up um, meeting Fran. We, um, Fran and I were friends on in Instagram. Actually, we were just chatting online as friends. And we just became super good friends. Um, and we met in Italy. Uh, she was going there for a holiday by herself. Um, we were both divorced at the time. Uh, kids are growing up, you know, in their 20s and 30s. So we said, yeah, let's just catch up. So we met in Italy for a couple of weeks. We said, you know, just like no expectations. But you get to a point in your life where you just think, okay, I'm just going to roll with it. So we caught up, we got on super well. Uh, I went back to New Zealand. She went back to Chile. Um, We sort of bounced back and forth. I came to Chile a couple of times. I went to the U.S. to run Boston. Frank came up to the U.S. while I was there. And then we sort of had a talk. Um, It would have been, you know, I don't know, six months or so, a few months. And then um, we had a talk and said, let's try living together for a bit. And I said, okay. So I changed my flight tickets from back to New Zealand, to back to Santiago in Chile. Um, nice. And I only had one suitcase with me at the time and flew down to Chile and said, yeah, we'll, we'll hang out here for a few months and see how it goes. Wow. And now uh, five years later, here I am <laughs> still. Wow, man, that's awesome. You just, yeah. you just went with it. Yeah, I mean, basically I've learned in life is – is like to to roll with it and figure things out as you go, you know. Um, and I'm not saying just like don't plan anything. Like, you know, I, I still, you know, pay my travel insurance and put some money in investments and things. But, um, yeah, don't be scared to, like, take a chance because yeah. it sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. And and it still happens for me as well. Like, this, things don't pan out things do uh especially during the last couple of years with uh obviously the pandemic we you know like uh, i signed a whole lot of contracts in uh the start of 2020 with sponsors some super good mm-hmm. ones most of them i would say have fallen apart um mm-hmm. now because of the pandemic but i've More signed events. new ones with other sponsors and figured out other things to do so you know you're all oh, with fantastic. it wow, man. Well, that, that leads me on to a, a little question was you know we we humans we like to plan things right and we like to we like to believe that you know we've got it under control yeah <laughs> but oftentimes um oftentimes life has has another plan and you know uh if you've planned well enough you can probably pivot and you can you can adjust and 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 be fluid with those with those changes but sometimes they're larger hurdles than you anticipate you know a global pandemic no one could have planned that right um, Correct. And, and like you say, you know, you had plans and, you know, you, you signed new contracts and all sorts of things, but I, I guarantee yourself and, and the companies you were, you were partnering with, they didn't plan for, for a pandemic. So, exactly. you know, with that context, when you do come against running, you know, running is full of hurdles. It's, and sometimes physical if you do that kind of running, but it, it is full of, it's full of hurdles, but it's also f- filled with a lot of wins. And often there's a bit of a, everyone's a little different. Could you tell me a little bit how, a little bit about your process of, if you do have a process, you don't have to, but when you come against a hurdle or when you come against an obstacle uh, in that plan that you've, you've laid out, how do you get a, a, across it? How do you step up and, and get back up and, and keep going? Yeah, good question. Um, I mean, hurdles or obstacles are part of life. Uh, and mm. I think, once again, this comes back to before running, being in business, 
you know, having four kids, uh, being, raising a family, going through mm-hmm. a divorce, all those things you learn uh, and you learn about yourself more than anything. I think if you take the time to actually process the information, step back and, and say, okay, so and a lot of people say, oh, I'd never do that again, instead of saying what would I do differently or what could I have done differently that would have changed the outcome that I've now got. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's what running is, is, is you look at the outcome you have and you can, like, I, I guess, reverse engineer, go back a bit and say, how did I get to this point? And then you can say, okay, there's usually, you know, uh, I think Steve Jobs said it's only in looking back and connecting the dots that we see how we go to sort of where we are. And I mm-hmm. think that applies to most things in life is you can look back, connect those dots and say, okay, so this is what I need to do moving forward. And this was running with an injury with, with, mm. with these kinds of issues. Mm. Sometimes there's absolutely nothing you can do on the day to, to alter the situation that you're in currently in. But there's usually, when I say nothing, there's usually not a lot you can do that's going to change the outcome in that day but there's a small thing you can do, just one small thing. For example, mm. I fractured this shoulder uh, about 10 weeks ago now uh, mm. in a fall in a race. I fell on a race. Um, wow. I thought I'd just pulled a muscle, but uh, it kept hurting for a couple of weeks. So I went, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> typical ultra runner. So I went and got it um, scanned um, and I'd, I'd fractured the uh, humerus, the top of it, and torn the um, tendon. So... Um, so I had a marathon, um, like uh, I had the race that I, I fractured it, and then about three weeks later I had a marathon. And I said, okay, oh. my doctor said, so you can you can run it, but these are the things we're going to have to do. So we took some painkillers, which I'm not a, a huge fan of, but uh, mm-hmm. took some to get through it, um, did a little bit of work on it. You couldn't really do much um, because bones take about six to eight weeks to heal. Mm. And I, I ran it, and I ran – you know, probably one of the best marathons I've had in the last two or three years with no marathon training, specific training. Um, um, So, you know, like sometimes the obstacle is about managing what you can manage. So I I knew that base fitness was good. I knew that, um, um, you know, I could manage the pain because I've I've had issues before with broken bits of bodies and running and it happens during ultra races. So mm. it's about knowing yourself, knowing what you can do, and then managing it on the day as best you can. And the and rather than focusing so much on the outcome, focus on the process and the the moment that you're in. So mm. you know yourself with running, you can feel like rubbish for the first I don't know three k or five k, and yeah. then you can magically you know kilometer seven, you come right, you feel right, those twinges and niggles mm. sort of fade away a bit. You feel really yeah. good, or you can go downhill really quick and get even yeah. worse. You just don't know. So it's about yeah. it's about sort of micromanaging your mind and your body on the day, and knowing, you know, where you're at and what you're capable of, how much you can push, and how much you need to pull back. Fantastic. And yeah. and could you tell me a bit about um, what are some of the wins of your of your that you can just note? What are some of the wins that you you've experienced that have just made you really step back and just go? this was the right decision. This is, I'm happy with what I've done. Um, and it's, and it's just fueled your, your passion. Yeah. Um, I think one of the earlier races I did in, in here in Chile and Patagonia, um, Mm. was, uh, I got second overall and I, I surprised myself because I went out running with guys a lot younger than me, uh, Mm. some professional athletes, 
Salomon guys. I wasn't sponsored at the time. I was just uh, doing this off my own back. And um, I remember running through like uh, it's a 50K race. And I'd run through like I think one of the last eight stations and Fran was at the eight station. She couldn't run at that time because she'd uh, hurt herself uh, with an injury. So she was like supporting me. I guess she st- uh, was it drove the car to one of the last eight stations, and she goes, "Keep going, keep going. You're second. And I thought, "Oh wow, no second way. old guy." She said, "No, second overall." And I was, and she said, "The guy's like ten minutes ahead of you." So no I, way. You know, I didn't, I didn't catch him, but um, but I got close. Yeah, closer. So wow, man. You know, um, I don't know. It's, you just have those days when everything just clicks and you feel like you can just keep going forever and you're flying. And, and that was that. And you get them now and again. Um, and when you have those days, you, you think, wow, this is just brilliant. And also mm. the days when I, I crash and burn miserably, um, those are sort of like wins too, when you look back and process it and uh, analyze yeah, it. The dots. But yeah, connect the dots again. And also I think the big wins, like for me, I think really, uh, rather than the running side of it, like um, finding um, Fran, um, you know, uh, falling in love, being in a relationship Mm. um, has been a huge win because we're both passionate about ultra running. We both love to travel. We're both at a point in our lives where we've quit our jobs and we're just doing this full time. So having a supportive, um, significant other, wife, Mm. Um, husband, whatever, whoever you're with, is like makes a huge difference because when you back yeah. each other, you can basically mm. take on anything. So wow. that's a huge win. Um, and then having <laughs> sponsors approach me, like actually come to me and say, Hey, we want mm. to help you. Um, you know, first it was just with gear, and then it was with mm. money and gear. And uh, then it's like uh, money and gear, and we're going to pay for some, like, you know, some flights or some race entries or yeah, some yeah. hotels. So, those kinds of things um, have made doing this, uh, you know, a little bit easier. So. Wow, man. That's awesome. I, I can't help but, um, you know, just notice that from the beginning of your journey, you <laughs> you said yourself you over 100 kilos did not run. You had to learn. You're in your 40s. You learned. You injured. You went through some, some, um, some pain, uh, to put it simply. Yeah. But you put it out there. You yeah. put out your per- you put out what you were aligning with and you put it out into the universe and uh you know in the same way that the hurdles sometimes you can't do much on the day that uh to change it but you can tweak little things and across across time if that's your intention if that's your that's your purpose things start to align a little better and i can't help but notice like you've just so linearly linearly explained and described your you know the last five six years and that uh, deliberate outpouring of 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 your intention and your purpose and your 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 passion. Life, obviously, you get both. You, nothing is nothing is completely bad. Nothing is completely you know perfectly good. It's all you know. It's all trying to teach you something. Uh, however, what you've put out so intentionally has started to return back to you. It started to come back, and it started to to push you along and push keep going, pushing you along that track. It's super cool, man. Good on you. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think you'd find that with your own experience in, in your life too, with, with your running or your, your businesses or whatever, mm. relationships with other people, family, friends that, you know, 
so often it's it's easy to blame everything else around you or or, or stop doing something because it's it's difficult. But mm. I think when you have a, a purpose and drive and a passion for something, you you sort of like go through all that stuff and you still keep, you know, like you said, maybe you have to pivot a bit and change direction. Yeah. Uh yeah. path isn't always smooth, but yeah. but that that core purpose is still there. So um when yeah. you have that not so much distracts you from it, you know, and you can, you yeah. eventually you come back into alignment with, with what you're trying to do. And, and I think the resources find you more than you find them. And I'm not saying, you know, like you just go out there and people are going to come to you with money. And no. I get this question a lot no, no, on Instagram. No. People say, so how, how do you make money to become a runner? And I say, you have to become the runner first and go out there <laughs> and do it. And you have to love it. I, I, I love to run. I say, no, you actually have to love it because sometimes mm. you're going to be eating like rice and something for like weeks on end or whatever. You know, yeah. you're not, you're not going to have the money to do what you want to do. But that if you're passionate, you, mm-hmm. you, you'll find a way and then the resources sure. will eventually find you. Yeah. For sure. And just with that in mind, you know, I've done, I've done a few longer runs, no ultras yet. And for anyone who doesn't know what an ultra is, it's anything above 50 kilometers, isn't it? It's about... Uh, anything over a uh, marathon distance. So anything over yeah. 42.2 Ks is yeah. officially considered an ultra. But yeah, generally most ultras start at 50K upwards. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, with in, in my limited experience, no, no ultras, but still some distance. <clears throat> it's... There's something, something that uh, I heard... I forget who said it. But something I heard from a from a, another ultra runner was um, anywhere past thirty kilometers, your body your body more or less physically wants you to kind of stop. But the the difference is is that your mind is still left intact; it's still there. And and I remember that in in some of the runs that I've done, some of the the longer ones is yeah, your body sometimes it feels elastic and you can just bounce around for days. But sometimes you go into a run that you've really prepared for. And it feels as though you, you've got cement blocks on your feet. For yeah. whatever reason, it might be nutrition that you just neglected subconsciously. You just didn't show enough attention to it. Um, but that saying always stuck with me that that if you, no matter what, your body's against you sometimes and it wants to stop, but your mind is right there. I've never had the ability to ask a mar- uh, an ultra marathon runner or just an ultra runner, what's happening mentally there? Because a marathon is a hell of a long way, and you you've done what's the longest run you've done? Like an ultra? Uh, the, I did a desert race. Uh, it was two hundred and seventy kilometers through the desert. <laughs> That's insane. What's happening yeah. there? Like, what's going on in your mind? What is the, you know, how do you do that? Oh, for sure, you to- you completely lose it uh, at some point. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and to be fair, like, uh, okay, so. I'd, a uh, hundred miler I did uh, went through two nights and the second night with no sleep, you start to hallucinate. So no way. trees start to come alive, rocks start to turn into small animals. And, and seriously, it's like, it's, it's quite a common thing. If you look up ultra runner hallucinations, it's, it's quite normal. It's just a lack of sleep uh, affecting the brain. Wow. So um, yeah, but what goes through your mind? Wow. So, so for instance, in the desert race, um, I, I lost nine toenails. Um, they all, all got, just because the heat and the sweat inside the shoes in the desert, 
uh, you know, it's about 45 degrees, 50 degrees, because uh, we, we run it in the winter and mostly in like in the night and the day because uh, you start quite early. Um, wow. And, and um, you just adapt to it, I guess. I think humans are really adaptable. We don't give ourselves mm-hmm. enough credit. We become reasonably soft in this modern world. If we want food, we can go to an app on our phone and order it to our door, you know. Um, yeah. When you're out in the desert, and it's nighttime, and you get lost. There's, there's no, no one's going to come save you. Um, you know, maybe you don't have a signal where you are in the sand dunes. You've mm. just got to figure it out yourself. So I think you become quite resourceful, and your mind is much stronger than you think when you're put in a situation where you actually need to do something to get through um, physically and mentally. So. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess once again, life experience, but just. I like to put myself in situations where it's beyond what I'm capable of. There's something that I'm uncomfortable with that mm. I really don't know. And I'm not saying just go out into the mountains without the proper gear and, and put yourself at, you know, like I'm not saying risk your life. Mm-hmm. Obviously you can manage risk in, in certain ways. You know, there's certain things you can do, get some training, have the right equipment. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, something like a desert or a big mountain race, sometimes you have a locator emergency thing that you can hit the button if you really get into trouble so yeah but i think get comfortable with being uncomfortable once you can do that you pretty much can go through anything um uh and and i i must admit the best races i've had are not the ones where uh had the best placings or done well they're the ones where i've suffered the most because those are the ones (laughs) where you really get to find out who you are because you're only with you you know, you're mm. in the middle of the night, it's three in the morning, you're, you're in pain, everything hurts, maybe you've fallen over, you could be bleeding, uh, mm. whatever, all sorts of issues, dehydrated, hungry. Mm. You're alone with yourself and your mind wow. and your body. And and you've. it's not your body that gives up. I can tell you that for free. It's the mind that goes. That's the thing wow. you have to convince. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's self-solidarity, isn't it? It is. That's self-solidarity. That's self-solidarity. <laughs> yeah. sure is. Cool, man. Well, man, I won't take up too much more of your time, but I'll just finish on, uh, you know, I like to ask the question, you know, for me, I started Discover Talks because, as I mentioned earlier, um, I think everybody's got some ideas within themselves, whether that's running for yourself or whether that's starting a company or whether that's picking up, you know, a paintbrush and painting for the first time in your life. You know, it doesn't matter in what scale of difficulty or, or um, learning curve it is. I think everybody's got something. And whatever it is, it's it's very, very important, I think, to uh, to honor that thing. And unfortunately, I think we the, the current lifestyle that the world is feeding us is is so um, it's hyperactive. It's 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 in a hyperdrive. You know, you wake up and before you've even had your cereal, you've seen you know on Instagram a million different locations. Your brain is just not wired to do that naturally, and so we live in a very fast paced world. And I think within that that pace, unfortunately, uh, those little dreams or those big dreams doesn't matter. I shouldn't say little or big. They're all they're all great. They're all important and they're all great and they should be honored and. Um, you know, so I started a, a small conversation like this as, you know, chatting with people who have done remarkable things and starting things. And um, so I like to ask if you were to, you know, if you had somebody come to you and, you, and, and 
they asked you, you know, I want to start something, what would you tell them? And it's, it's obviously incredibly important to them. Um, it, you can see they've got the, they've got the twinkle in the eye. Um, yeah. what, what would you tell them? Yeah. Um, I, I mean, from my own experience, I would say go for it uh, 100% because, and especially like, uh, like, uh, what you're in your, you said you're in your 30s, 30, 30, yeah, 30. 30, yeah. 30, 30 yeah, exactly. <laughs> at, at that age, you can, you can, you've got plenty of time to fail, man. You got like so <laughs> many opportunities. Um, and, and that applies at any time in life, you know, um, mm. people get so, focused on oh my god if i don't sort myself out by my 20s my mid 20s yeah. um my life's over ah man get it wrong keep getting it wrong keep making mistakes i'm not saying do stupid things but you know yeah um come on yeah okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, yeah so in the top one more the top the top yeah um so yeah keep um keep making mistakes keep getting it wrong um, and go for it because the opportunity is now. And, and that doesn't matter like if you're 30 or if you're 40 or 50 or 60. I mean, uh, Fran quit her job uh, at 51 and she was a wow. principal of a private school. She'd spent years training, went to university, got wow. a degree, and she said, I'm going to give it all away and go and run and travel the world. So, you know, it's never too late to, to get out there and do what you need to do. Um, you can say hi. Come and say hi. Hey, Brad, I'm, I'm hearing all about yeah, you know, this the principal. Yeah. It's nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Frances yeah. up to work on the hills. She's yeah. got a woman's group. Uh, so I have, oh, to, fantastic. I have to go for work. Yeah. Cool. Bye Thank bye. you so much for, for dropping in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, uh, I think like pursue those, those dreams, pursue those uh, passions you have one life, like, well, and unless you're a Buddhist or a Christian and you believe in the afterlife and, and that's mm. fine. Whatever you believe is fine. But mm -hmm. right here, right now, you have the moment that you're in. And I think mm -hmm. you are wasting the gift if you don't pursue what you're really interested in. And that's going to change throughout the years. And, you know, you, you're going to change. Uh, your goals are going to change. Your passions are going to change. I think just roll with it and go with it, you know, whether it's painting, whether it's business, whether it's relationships, whether it's uh, raising a family, uh, whether it's, it's health, whether it's your spirituality, whatever it is, just just go with it and pursue it for, with every ounce of energy in your body because you get one shot. That's it. At some point, we've all got an expiry date. None of us know what it is. It's not stamped on us somewhere like the, you know, the food in the supermarket. So... <laughs> Man, make the most of it. That's what I would say. Uh, make the most of every day. Uh, get mm. up. Be grateful to be alive. Be grateful for the people you have in your life and the resources that you have each day. There's a lot of people in the world, like billions, that have a hell of a lot less than each of us. Mm. Uh, so, you know, be grateful for what you have right now. Wow. That was perfect. Yeah. <laughs> sure. well, Ian, thank you so much, man. It's been an absolute pleasure to chat and, and just to meet you. Um, yeah, Thanks, thank you so much for, for for sharing so much about your life, and um, man, I'm look, I'm really looking forward to to seeing what's next. For sure, man. For sure, appreciate it. We'll catch you all later. Awesome. Thank you so much. Have a great rest of your evening. Yeah, you too, man. Ciao. Catch you. <laughs>